All right. Hello again. Buddha Z here. Buddha Z explaining. Buddha Z explains. I explained something. <laughs> and uh, the last podcast was a, a little sassy. I was uh, um, talking about uh, love. And then I kind of got onto other topics and, and told you about my past. And, uh, and uh, yeah, got on some interesting topics that um, are, are a little sensitive and uh, could even cause legal issues. But anyway. Um, um, today's podcast this is number seven of the Buddha Z explains. Um, I, I have a topic. It's does love exist? And I was kind of putting that out. I was making fun of love last time, but when we really think about it, does love exist? And I'm going to try to keep this podcast a little shorter than the last one, which was a half hour. Um, love. Well, let's, I'm 67 years old. And when I was a teenager in junior high, we would give a St. Christopher to a girl to go steady. And she would wear your St. Christopher. And when she gave it back to you, that was how you broke up. I know that probably sounds pretty radical today because that was very Christian. And uh, uh, I don't even think you had to be a Catholic. I think any of the Christian religions did that. And they're little round emblems with uh, St. Christopher. I had a little blue one, only had one. And... Uh, you know, there was a few different girls who wore that when I was in junior high, and that's how you went steady. When you're in high school, it, it got a little bit more sophisticated, I think. Uh, uh, most people would even perhaps have sex. Um, <laughs> I didn't, but uh, the uh, but everybody thought I did. <laughs> and I think girls said that we did just to boost our reputation. <laughs> but I didn't lose my virginity till I actually uh, was exiled to Newfoundland. Uh, but I was 16 still. But anyway, let's, let's not get onto that topic. Um, let's see. So what is love? Um, so I've what I was trying to say was I've been, I've been experiencing love from a, a lot of different ways. So at age uh, 12 or maybe 13, because I was 12 years old when I started junior high, um, that would have meant 1966. So by 1967, I was definitely going steady with some girls. In fact, I, I actually remember that I was going steady with uh, girls that were maybe a year or two older than me sometimes, which boosted my reputation. <laughs> but... The girls, uh, I was not that, that motivated. Uh, I mean, I had sexual interest, perhaps, but I wasn't motivated to make anything happen. And the way I used to remember it was I was getting dragged into the bushes, and then we would make out. I wasn't pushing girls into the bushes or dragging them into the bushes. I was getting dragged into the bushes uh, around the school and uh, and making out. So that was, that was going steady. And then um, I, I'm tempted to even say names, but we'll just say Mary's house. Uh, I would go over there, and in the afternoon, her parents would be gone. Uh, Dad was probably working. Maybe Mother was working, too, because her mother was never there in the afternoon when I went over there. And so we'd make out a little bit, and then we'd have what we called first base, second base, third base, and I never got to fourth base, of course. And, uh, but anyway, um, I just remember going to Mary's house, and the most, to me, the most awesome thing was listening to Led Zeppelin's first album on her stereo. <laughs> I was way into music, of course. And, so, and the doors. Um, in fact, I think uh, Strange Days may have came out when I was dating her because I think I remember hearing that on her stereo too. But uh, yeah, listening, but the first album for sure. And uh, the, uh, but anyway, listening to music on people's stereos and blasting it out was the way I liked it uh, because I didn't have all those records in my house until maybe the next year. Maybe I was later that year. I went and bought um, uh, one of those things where you get 
12 free albums for a buck and then you got to buy one a month after that. And that kickstart was really cool because I, I got um, The Young Rascals, I got Blue Cheers' first album, I got The Turtles' Greatest Hits, I got, uh, anyway, 12 different albums, uh, and uh, that, that was a really good kickstart for me, uh, having those records in my house. And then my next-door neighbor, uh, maybe, that, maybe that year or the next year, gave me the uh, Revolver album by the Beatles. She was the vice president of the Beatles fan club. So that was another big kickstart. And then Leslie down the street really turned me on to Sgt. Pepper's when that came out, made me listen to Head with headphones on. So, oh, anyway, how did I get back? I was, let's get back to love. Okay, well, I was talking about all these girls. I'm just thinking about when I think of the girls, I actually think of the music I was listening to <laughs> when I was with them. <laughs> Those were the biggest moments of my relationships. But what is love? Well, actually, that was, I guess, why I consider those to be love. Love is, here. here's my definition of love, and it really doesn't have anything to do with sex. Love is how you improve someone's life, okay? You can say you love someone, but if you're making their life miserable, that's not love. You're, you're ruining their life. You're an evil person. You're hurting them. You're destroying them. That's all kinds of negative words, depending on how you're hurting their life. So love is only how much you improve someone's life. So the measure of the quality and the quantity of the love is how much you improve their life and in which ways you improve their life. So in order to improve someone's life, you really have to know what they need or want or do something that's good for them that they might not have been aware of asking for. And once again, I'm not talking about sex, you know, just ways to make their life better, them smarter, them happier, them more broad-minded. There's ways that you can help people. And that's really what love is, is how much you help someone and how you improve their life. That's the real key phrase. So when you talk about being in love with someone, all that passion and romance, I guess that's another thing I was kind of like leading up to is I've had the most incredible love experiences. You could not have more love than I've experienced. I mean, it just couldn't, you'd, you'd die of a heart attack if you did. But I had incredible love. I had awesome love. I had romantic love. I had passionate love. I had lustful love. I have, I want to be with you the rest of my life kind of love. I, I had the, I want to hold your hand all day and just look at your face and feel good kind of loves. I've had all the most wonderful, passionate, romantic kind of loves you could ever have. And I've had them with a whole bunch of women and they're all gone. And that's really the key to the story is that, uh, uh, all that passion and love and romance and thinking you're going to be with them the rest of your life and you don't want to be with anybody else ever, ever, ever goes away. And I've had it come and go many times. And each time it seems like this is the last one. This is the one. I want to marry this girl. I'm going to be with her the rest of my life. And then I can't even remember her name now. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm just letting you know that's not really love. That's just passion. That's just animals. Insects. Remember, insects must feel some sort of passion. Uh, even insects mate. Uh, and, and dragonflies, you know, they have sex in the air when they're flying around. So, so passion and love and, and pleasure or whatever, you know, it, it goes all the way through the animal kingdom, all the way down to the bugs. So that's not really as special as we make it out to be. We just get suckered into it. And boy, have I been suckered into it. So so anyway, as someone who's experienced love to its fullest and greatest and widest and thickest and deepest, I got to tell you, it's very temporary. So 
Uh, anyway, let's let's get on to this poem. It's already uh, eight minutes, and I'm trying to keep these kind of short. So anyway, this is uh, this is a poem I, I pulled out of my uh, poetry book I was reading back in 2018 when I was traveling around as the homeless philosopher poet. Um, and uh, I was Richard Del Connor, the philosopher poet. And I always signed my name with that whole thing, Richard Del Connor, philosopher poet, so they'd always mention that. So here we go. This is a quick poem. It's a one pager, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. This is called Don't Marry a Girl with a Dog. And having been a Kung Fu teacher now for decades, what, 35 years, I've had a lot of students who were um, stepfathers, you know, who married a woman who already had kids and stuff. And that's a whole topic I can get into because I've seen it and I've seen the stories and I've seen the whole families and the wives and the kids and the fathers. I've, I've seen all these interactions and really come to understand a lot of them, uh, the consistencies in all these different types of relationships. But let's get to this poem. Don't marry a girl with a dog. Women come in all shapes and sizes, but marriage with dependence produces unpleasant surprises. For this poetic discussion, we'll ignore the cat or bird or snake or turtle. I take that back. Any dependent of any age, shape, four-legged or flat, will at least once a day require a feeding, a walking, a cleaning, or some loving attention that, as they receive, you now lack. This isn't a matter of insecurity. You can call it envy or jealousy, but it's just a simple fact. I thought I'd mention. If she's got a dog, you're guaranteed less attention. <laughs> I underlined that and put in capital letters, and I kind of yelled that I take that back. That may have overloaded and distorted the microphone. Well, I don't know. But anyway, that was Don't Marry a Girl with a Dog by Richard Del Conner, the philosopher poet. Buddha Z reading here. Oh, man, I'd like to read this next one. Um, well, we'll get to that another time. Uh, I got a Bruce, some Bruce Lee poems. Yeah, there's another one, a seven-page Bruce Lee poem. I got a one-pager. So, yeah, we'll have to hit on Bruce Lee on one of these upcoming uh, podcasts. So, anyway, love. What is love? Um, let me see. I had a couple of notes here maybe I was, I was thinking about. Um, um, well, let's see. Well, love is, well, first of all, love and marriage and all these are concepts of society. They're legal things. And, and there are ways that, uh, well, gosh, I could get really negative here because remember, I've been around a long time. So I've got a lot of statistics. To, if you're, if you're like under the age of 30, you don't have all the statistics I've got. <laughs> How many people who get married at 20 make it to 30 in a marriage? How many people who get married in their 20s make it to the age of 40? How many make it to the age of 50? How many stay married all the way to the age of 60? Hey, I'm 67. How many people who got married in their 20s are actually still married at the age of 67? Now, if they are, I've got a feeling it's something that's held them together like religion or, or obviously greed and money. You know, they're sticking it out for some other reason. But were they... I would like you to find me. I mean, you know a lot of people, whoever you are. you got relatives. you got friends. You've got parents. See if you can find a couple who've been together more than 20 years and who've been faithful to each other and not cheated on each other and love each other. 
See if there's any passion, whatever there was in the first three to four years. I believe that you really can't have a relationship more than four years. I've never seen any relationship actually last more than four years. <clears throat> they may stay in a relationship, but the love is gone. They're sleeping apart. They're cheating on each other. They don't like each other. They're doing it for some other reason. Or like for me, I did it because I stuck with my kids. My marriage only lasted about four years. And uh, then after that, I kind of just stuck it out with the kids and let her run off. And, you know, and, and that was it. And we, she came back a couple of times and we had a little couple periodics of, of, of well, uh, almost love. But uh, no, it was gone. After four years, our relationship was gone. It was, never came back. And but those first four years were awesome. Those were really awesome years. And I, so I really thought it would last. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> but it didn't. And, and, uh, and I'm still friends with her. And, and I just talked to uh, Chad or did I talk? I, I um, texted her just this morning. So you were, I'm still friends with her. So it's possible, but no, there's, there's no, it's not a, um, we're not married. That's for dang sure. And uh, so anyway, yeah. Um, and, and why must love include sex? I got a question here. And uh, so anyway, oh, let's see. Uh, I'm supposed to be making an, um, uh, an album ad, Noble Truths, number one of eight. Actually, actually a book ad. Book ad. Well, the, the, four, oh, the Four Noble Truths, there's an album by me, which, gosh, I, I keep forgetting about it. Because I actually uh, made this album back in 2015, and it's 2021, six years ago, you know. And uh, I've got to unearth these songs and finish them. And they were really close because I was in my car and I recorded this first album. It was lacking drums. And I played it for people and they would still tap their feet and they'd go, yeah, this is really cool, but man, it needs some drums. <laughs> and, and so anyway, and I don't even think, you know if I put a bass track on some of the songs. So anyway, I got a really cool album that I'm, I'm advertising, I guess, right now. Four Noble Truths uh, album. And then the Four Noble Truths book number one, I was really planning on, on publishing it this month on, a, on Buddha's birthday on April 8th. And right now it's 2021, April, um, what is it, 27th or no, it was uh, April 22nd because, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> or is it the 21st? It was a day ago, but it's actually past midnight maybe now. But it's, uh, um, it was 420. <laughs> and I was straight. I'm up here in Lancaster and I got no money and I really, you know, uh, yeah, so, <clears throat> and I don't. Yeah, I don't know anybody. If I do know anybody that smokes pot, I don't want to smoke pot with them because I don't want a friendship with them <laughs> up here. So I don't have any, 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 any good pothead friends right now even. So, uh, yeah, I'm straight as can be this year. Um, so, anyway, for what that's worth. Uh, that was a little off topic. But anyway, um, I'm supposed to be produced, uh, promoting my book, Four Noble Truths, number one of eight. There's going to be eight books. And I was supposed to have number one this year. I was just kind of coincidentally thinking, oh, number one on 2021. Um, but I've got so many other projects going and nobody cares, you know, and so I, I, you know, I didn't put much effort into finishing it. So it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, feel, I don't know if I should feel guilty about that or not. I really don't. But anyway, um, where were we? Um, should love be a compromise? No. Hey, it's 15 minutes already. Sheesh. Okay, let me see if we can wrap this up real quick. I had a couple of notes. I might as well go over. Should love be a compromise? No. If, it, if you're compromising, then you're paying for something. You're basically giving up something, you know, which is like buying a prostitute. You're giving up some money. You're losing something to get sex. And anytime you compromise, you always have to lose something. And that's not what love is. Love should not be a compromise. Love should always be a win. 
win-win. You're always doing something to make, well, I'm a guy, so I would say you're, I'm always doing something to make her life better, and she should always be doing something to make my life better. It's a win-win. There's no such thing as compromise in love. If you're compromising, then you're just negotiating business deals. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a unbalanced deal that you're, you've worked out with somebody. So that's not a good deal. It should always be a win-win. And what is the proof of love? <laughs> well, once again, I, if you're having to compromise, nah, then you, you, don't, you don't have real love. And if, you, um, uh, if she's not making your life better and you're not making her life better, then you don't have love. If you're not somehow supporting each other, if they're not better off, if you're not better off with each other, then you're better off without each other. It's as simple as that. And, oh, here, I've got a note here. This is one of my favorites. That I, I, I invented this as far as I know about 30 years ago because I never heard anybody else say it before I did. And that's love is a verb. In other words, it's an action thing. It's not a word thing. It's not a promise thing. It's not a written thing. It's not a, a certificate on the wall thing. It's not a, a, a piece of metal around your wrist like a, like a handcuff. or Well, that's what it is when you put it on your finger. It's actually a... a, a a handcuff on your chi energy. In fact, as I understand it from the people I know who are into acupuncture and such, the ring finger of your left hand is actually your heart energy. So it's actually, when you put the ring on it, that's like acupuncture, sticking needles into it, and you're short-circuiting your love energy. So what you're actually doing is cutting off your ability to have love by, by wearing that wedding ring. So that's what it is. It's a bondage. Just like you, if you wore handcuffs, that would, that would limit your movement also. So, so the wedding ring is literally a handcuff on your love energy, your heart energy. Um, let's see, visit BuddhaZ.com. And uh, let's see, I got a little quote for a little something I wrote here. It says, love is an investment of time and effort to benefit someone else. Hey, and I got quotation marks on it. That must be me. I must have said that. I'll read that again. Love is an investment of time and effort to benefit someone else. See? Buying them flowers doesn't really benefit them. They're just going to be dead in a few days. You know, how does how their life improve 10 years from now from buying them flowers? No. If you're going to buy them something, buy, buy her a book. Buy her... Maybe a record. Buy her that Led Zeppelin first album. <laughs> I know I'd like that as a present, but uh, you know that that's what kind of makes life. Yeah, that that's a, yeah. Anyway, but you got to make their life better. It's got to be to their benefit. And it looks like I've got a note here that I'm going to put down a poem. And this is the poem, Thank You, and it's from the Level 1 Equals Peace of Mind by American Zen. And this is the first album by American Zen. And American Zen began, it's a Buddhist journey of eight albums and eight spiritual levels in which I grew all those levels. And uh, it took me how many years to get to the final level? It was like I started in 1991 and I finished in 2014. So, yeah, I think it's what a 25-year journey to, to complete those eight levels of spiritual growth. I thought it was going to be a little quicker than that, but that's how long it really took me to go through all those phases and get to a point where I actually understand the meaning of life. And, yeah, I actually do now. <laughs> and so, anyway... But Thank You is written in the first year. For, we were only married a couple of years. So at this point, I didn't even know she was going to bail out on me. I didn't know that she was going to pull the plug and say, I'm never going to work from you or for you. I'm never going to help you. I'm not going to be a part of your record company. I'm not going to support your products. I'm not going to promote you. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go out with other people. It's like, wow, I didn't know that was going to happen. But uh, 
I wrote this poem and this song before them, and it's called Thank You, and it's written to her. <laughs> well, up to that point, it was a thank you. I was thankful for what she was doing and helping me up to that point, and for maybe a couple of years after that, but after that, she went her own way. So this is a thank you written to someone that I was still passionately in love with. This is Thank You from Level One Equals Peace of Mind by American Zen on Shaolin Records. And uh, it was released on cassettes in the 90s. And since 2005, it's a CD and it's at iTunes and all over the place. And you can always go to ShaolinRecords.com. That's my record company. And I've got all the albums there and you can download them from there. Um, I've actually got a bunch of CDs in my closet, but I'm not selling those right now. But uh, anyway, download the album. Get American Zen. Level one equals peace of mind. And here's the song, Thank You, from it. And uh, yeah. So anyway, see you around. Hey, 20 minutes. That's still longer than I was expecting. All right. Buddha Z here. Buddha Z Explains is the name of this podcast. And uh, hopefully I explained the, the meaning of love. Does love exist? Well, as I told you, it exists as long as you're helping each other, as long as you're making that other person's life better, as long as their life is better with you than without you, then, yeah, you've got love.
Thank you, Michelle.